Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My name is Jenna, and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. All right, guys, before we jump into this episode, I'm going to have to just be straight up with you and totally apologize for the audio quality on my part. So I've been trying to be um, cheap, I guess, (laughs) and I haven't invested in a really high quality microphone yet, but after listening to this episode and the episode before, I Amazon Prime that shit real quick. So I'm really sorry for the crackling. It seems to be mostly on my end, um, and I'm hopeful that in the future that won't be the case, but I edited it as best as I could. I um, didn't want to remove the episode. It's just way too stinking good for you guys. Um, So I hope that you can be soldiers through it, and you can just kind of deal with it and know that I'm sorry, and I'm working to fix it. So. Thank you in advance, and let's just get into the interview. Yeah, so um, my husband and I, we've been married for three years now, um, and it took us a while to conceive our daughter, just over a year, Um, so we never went through any official um, infertility treatments or anything, but that did take a little bit of time to uh, get pregnant with her, and she just turned 13 months. And I am a stay-at-home parent. I have been since she was born. Um, And since quarantine, my husband has been working from home. And he will be through at least the end of the year, which has also made um, just a significant impact on our home life. And definitely my mental health as well, having him kind of present at mostly all times. Um, It was initially very very rough. Um, My daughter basically came out screaming and didn't stop until she was six months old. Uh, Her first weeks of life, she would literally wake up from a nap and screaming and just be at 100%. I'd nurse her. Then she'd continue to scream and cry until she finally gave in and went back to sleep. And then around a month old, we finally had a tongue and lip tie. And her demeanor definitely shifted, though she's still highly spirited and opinionated. She always has been. And then I also had postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression that went undiagnosed for far too long. I did self-diagnose my postpartum anxiety a few months in. um, And so that obviously impacted just how I was able to... um, 
just perform as a mother and especially a first time mother. So what were the things that you were struggling with that kind of led you into that self-diagnosis? Um, I was having really, um, really strong anxiety attacks. Um, and those were, um, you know, intermittent and unpredictable. And in addition to that, there was just a constant, um, very persistent feeling of worry that wouldn't go away. Um, some days it was really strong and it would feel, um, like almost physical where it could feel like this heavy feeling in my chest and I couldn't always pinpoint it. I didn't really know what provoked it or how to ease the anxiety to, you know, get it to let up a little. And it would just kind of sit there in my chest for hours or even entire days on end. And I had this really intense brain fog, um, almost debilitating sometimes even where, you know, I'd, I'd stand up because I knew I had to, you know, go in the other room and grab something or do something. And I'd stand up and immediately that thought would be gone. And I couldn't remember what I was doing. And so, you know, I think we've all kind of had those moments where like you walk into a room and you're like, oh, wait, what am I doing? And then, you know, it comes back to you or it's not a big deal. But that was um, like an all day long thing. And so I would be frantically making lists and have them all over the house and um, then I'd, I'd lose lists or I'd go to write something on a list and it would, the thought would leave my head. And um, so those were, that was the anxiety that I knew I had and um, the depression that I had only just recently been diagnosed with. Um, I wasn't aware. I didn't see a lot of it in the moment. Um, I just kind of wrote a lot of it off as this is just an adjustment or this will pass or, you know, it's just because um, it's a tough day or I didn't get a lot of sleep or whatever. And a lot of those symptoms now that I can see in hindsight, um, well, one big one was anxiety because a symptom of depression can be anxiety, but they can also be, you know, separate from each other. And, um, I would have mood swings. Um, I had a lot of, um, withdrawing from family and friends. Um, I had a lot of fatigue, uh, reduced interest in, you know, things that I normally loved doing a lot of feelings of inadequacy. And then the brain fog is a symptom of depression as well. So, um, you know, but those were things that in the moment I just, I kind of kept writing off and didn't really see as depression, um, you know, back then, but the anxiety feelings were definitely the strongest. Yeah. That had to have been really difficult. Um, so at what point you and I had kind of shared previous to this interview that you had some experience going to therapy. So at what point did you move from just kind of knowing yourself that you had this to like, wow, I really need to talk to somebody. I need to do something different. Well, since I had had self-diagnosed that postpartum anxiety fairly quickly, um, for a while, I kind of thought, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a really strong person. And I kind of thought, well, since I'm aware of it, maybe I can just like help myself through it. And um, then, you know, a really hard day or a tough period would come along and I'd just kind of throw my hands up and run to my husband and tell him, you know, I need to see a counselor and things need to get better and I, I can't keep doing this. So 
um, you know, I'd go see a counselor and then things didn't pan out and, um, you know, I'd get really discouraged. So the, the first counselor that I saw was actually online through, um, like Talkspace or BetterHelp, one of those, and I don't recall which. And I just thought that in that moment, since, you know, my daughter was so spirited and we were trying to find a good routine and disrupting that to leave the house felt impossible. So I thought, you know, this will be a good fit for my schedule and I can send messages, you know, when I'm, when I feel like it, I can do it all day long. And I think this will be really good. And I think it's a really, really great option for some people, but it just ended up being a bad fit for me personally. And I never developed any kind of relationship with my counselor. They never offered me any kind of tools or techniques or anything really useful and practical for my anxiety. And I just ended up having this feeling of like, well, if I walked in here and I already told you what I think the problem is, I thought this should be a pretty quick fix or at least we can get to something good and practical faster. And that just never came. And we'd message back and forth. And in the middle of the night, you know, when I was up with my daughter and struggling the most, I would send um, these really long messages and I'd feel like I was pouring my heart out and I would get so excited to have that response in the morning. And those responses always just landed kind of flat with me. And it was never the validation or reassurance or helpful message that I really needed. So I kept trying and thinking that there may be an aha moment and that didn't come. So I ended my treatment and canceled my subscription with that app. And then a period of time passed and again, you know, things got tough and overwhelming. So I decided to try counseling again. And I felt that I had a little bit better grasp on her schedule and how to um, be able to leave the house for at least a short period of time. And so I found an in-person counselor and I thought, well, you know, I'm not going to walk in this time now and act like I know anything because I just so happened to diagnose myself from, you know, a Google search or those self-diagnosing checklists. And so I thought, you know, I want her, the professional to tell me what she thinks. And for weeks, it just never got there. And she never gave me any kind of diagnosis, never asked me any deep or probing questions other than what brought me into counseling. And I was able to kind of answer, you know, with a pretty blanket statement of, you know, I'm, I'm just having issues adjusting to motherhood. And it all felt pretty superficial. Um, and so we just never really, we never really clicked and, you know, again, never really developed that relationship. And so I got angry and frustrated that, you know, I found the time to be out of the house and meet with someone face to face and it was all just falling flat again. And so I ended treatment with her and then again, more time went on and I was like, I can't keep doing this. I decided to find another in-person counselor and had a lot of the same issues. You know, my anxiety wasn't confirmed and I didn't feel validated in that diagnosis and I wasn't developing any kind of relationship. I wasn't given any tools and um, she actually really minimized um, the anxiety and I had brought that up to her and it almost seemed like it aggravated her that I self-diagnosed or, um, you know, it, it felt like she thought, you know, I'm the professional and, you know, I can diagnose you, you know, although she didn't outright say that. Um, but she would just try to make me justify it. And 
explain why I thought that. And when I talk about an, um, an anxiety attack or, um, you know, I would bring something to the table, she, she would be like, well, how do you know that's just not a normal part of motherhood? And so clearly, clearly that wasn't working. And just when I was thinking I'd end treatment, quarantine hit. So it was really um, a good excuse to not leave the house. And so I never officially ended treatment with her, but it just kind of fizzled out. And she, I think, you know, more harm than good in that, that process. And she really caused me to question things like, I really questioned the reality that I thought I was in. And I, I remember thinking like, is this all in my head? Is this just what motherhood is? And I'm pushing back on this. And really, I just need to give in and accept this because, you know, I asked for this and, um, you know, this, this is maybe just life now. And I started to just develop a really negative view of counseling. And, you know, like I said, I'm a really strong person and I'm pretty tough. And I started to resent those things. And I, I had feelings of like, well, if I could just let my guard down more or not feel like I have to be strong, maybe someone could actually help me. And so, you know, quarantine obviously added another layer of craziness. And I just kept blaming those tough days on the new mental load of quarantine and the new routine that we were finding with my husband also being home and, um, you know, adjusting her routine along the way. And eventually I found another online counselor and I thought this would, this has to work because it's my only option right now. So I would send really long, vulnerable messages and take a really long time to like craft them. And I'd spend like my daughter's entire nap um, editing and rewording and making sure I didn't miss any details in these messages and making sure that I was being really transparent and concise. And she would just respond with these short messages like, okay, let's talk on the phone. And so I was, you know, really honest and open with her and made it clear to her that I, I just really wanted to keep it with messages because I thought that I was able to let my guard down more and I didn't really want to have a phone call. And I kind of thought, you know, I'm already paying a subscription to message you. And if I want to have a phone call, that's an additional charge. And it felt like she was just pushing to get you know, a bigger charge. And so really quickly, um, it just, it just didn't work. And I knew that the chance of that happening was pretty likely. And so instead of waiting, I found a new counselor right away. And, um, at the time I had been listening to a different motherhood podcast and they suggested the app uh, or, um, website postpartum.net, which I had never heard of in my entire postpartum period and was actually the most helpful tool in this whole process. And so, um, through that, I ended up connecting with a counselor and we do video counseling because she still doesn't do in-person. And that's been, um, she's just been the most helpful and immediately everything was different with her. She had a really long intake survey. She was very clear about the initial appointment that it would just be kind of going through that intake form and getting a diagnosis. And she gave me a diagnosis immediately 
which she confirmed that yes, you have postpartum anxiety, but also you have postpartum depression. And, you know, I had had obviously no idea about that. And, you know, each week she gives me tools and suggestions. She gives me very helpful feedback. We clicked immediately and I've just felt like I've been able to really let my guard down with her and be open and honest. And we talk about, you know, things that are happening just week to week, but also delve into how it connects to um, deeper things or how that's, you know, potentially a way that my anxiety or depression is manifesting or how things kind of interconnect or how they're intertwined. And um, yeah, I think she just really came along at at the right time. And when I was feeling really jaded and down about counseling and um, just kind of like, helpless um finally you know a a good counselor came in and um made all the difference wow yeah I'm so glad that you continued to like fight the good fight and once you have that relationship with someone it just clicks and if it's not there it can actually do a lot of damage one of the things that I was trying to kind of come to terms with and work through was the control that I have with her now that we, um, it just felt like I need to control that we have a good routine and that I have a grasp on these things because that's how we kind of keep order with um, both of us. where We both kind of thrive in that. And I had had some loved ones and well-intentioned friends point out the, that control to the counselor a few times saying, I have these control issues and um, I just need to let go a little bit and, and see that things will still be okay because, you know, I'm told that I need to let go. And she gave me the permission to continue um, keeping control of things and that this was a way that I had coped and that she had said, you know, it's, it's served me well. And that's how we've gotten to this place now where things are good. And, um, she just helped me reframe it that, you know, it's, it's not a negative thing and, um, that I can hold on to that and, and see it as a positive thing. And so I think there are a lot of people too, where, um, they, they try to point out these, these things to you and they're well-intentioned and well-meaning, but just because maybe they needed to let go of control doesn't mean that you need to let go of control. And, um, yeah, just because something worked for you doesn't mean it works for me or another mom down the street. And so even when you have a really good supportive, um, network around you, sometimes that's still not the help that you need because you're not them and they're not you and they don't have your baby. And especially for someone who hasn't been a parent of a baby that is spirited or colicky or whatever. um, I think that's really hard for them to, um, to see. And I think for me, it was almost like people didn't believe me that this is how she is. And this is what my daughter is. And they thought I'm the issue. And I'm the one, like, if you just let this thing go or, um, 
you know, don't do this thing or do that, then, then your issues will be solved. And you'll see that she's just a baby like any other baby. And, and it's really not that hard. And that's um, just obviously not the case. Yeah, I can relate to that so much. I, I, I'm torn here because I want this. This is obviously your episode, but I'm like, <laughs> this was me. This was me a year ago. Um, yeah. And if it's that easy for me to relate to this story, that's why I'm so excited to have you on because I know so many other women are going to relate to it as well. So um, I hope so. So I'm curious, like, what would you, how would you compare, like, kind of before therapy and after? Well, before good therapy and after good therapy, like how has your motherhood experience been? How has your relationship with your daughter been? Um, I think, um, well, what I look back at and, you know, have the gift of hindsight, I'm sad that I didn't um, find a good counselor sooner because I think, you know, being a year, well, I, I was close to a year out before I found her um, that some of those, some of the deeper um, issues that I was just, you know, trying to keep my head above water some days, those those feelings um, weren't as, as strong. And I feel like if I had found a good counselor sooner, um, I wouldn't have had, that wouldn't have gone on as long. And it's sad because I feel like a lot of that time was taken from me with her. And especially around her first birthday, I just had a lot of sadness that we tried for so long to have her. And did I, did I enjoy that time as much as I wanted to, or as much as I should, because it's, I'm not going to get it back. And so that was, um, that's been a tough one still to work through that, you know, because of these counselors not being a good fit and um, because maybe I didn't push harder to um, get to a better counselor sooner or whatever, then, then all of this time was kind of taken from me. And so now um, it's been nice because I obviously still have the anxiety and there's still depression symptoms that I'm still working through. It's different. It's just manifesting different than in those early days. And so in addition to working through that, I can also work through these feelings of loss almost. And um, it's just been life-changing really. I mean, it's just been night a night and day difference when there's a counselor that you click with and who sees you for what you're bringing to the table and um has never you know minimized what I'm going through like like the one counselor did it's just been so validating that um there's just been moments where I've cried just feeling so happy that finally I don't feel alone and that someone sees all of these issues and is telling you yeah you're not crazy 
and I see that it's hard and I'm here to help you and I'm here to give you these tools and here's how we can do it, you know, practically day to day and here's a long-term goal and here's how we're going to check in with those goals and make sure that you're progressing. And um, it's just been, it's made all the difference in my motherhood journey. And this, how I feel now um, is how I expected to feel like three months in, you know, I expected Mm -hmm. there to be an adjustment period and there's baby blues and there's, um, you know, healing and all of that. And I expected to feel this much sooner and feel like I had more of a grasp on things. And instead, you know, here I am 13, almost 14 months out now. And I finally feel like I thought I would feel much sooner. And so, um, it's, um, like you said, just made me, uh, be able to enjoy things much more where there were still obviously enjoyable moments through my entire motherhood journey, but now there's more good moments than bad. And when there are those bad moments, I have those tools in my back pocket to help me through. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's sad that it took this long, but it it's, um, it's been one of the best things to happen to me, you know, since, since having my daughter. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I have a two and a half year old. And like I said, I see so much of myself in your story and I didn't start to see a therapist until my son was about, a, it was a year ago now. So he was about a year and a half. And mm-hmm. I relate to just the grief that you experience and almost this mourning process that you have to go through of like, I didn't enjoy the first birthday as much as I thought I would have. Like, mm-hmm. I wish things could have been so much better sooner. I, I I have those. I definitely have an appreciation for it, like you said, where, um, you know, I'm not completely there. And so it is wonderful to hear that, you know, you, you went through it too and you're getting to that point. But I definitely have an appreciation for it, too. And I feel like, um, like you said, you just you just have more of an appreciation for who they are and their personality. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I like to think that, you know, this first year and, you know, however much longer it takes to feel like maybe I'm, I'm completely... Um, healed if I ever get to that point um, that this is shaping me as a mother to be more prepared for who she will be as she gets older Mm -hmm. and um, there's I think I'm kind of a habitual like like a chronic over researcher (laughs) so um, I now follow a lot of people on like all social media platforms that have just given me such good insight and little tidbits that I kind of hold on to. And a recent one that I came across was a children's counselor on TikTok, actually. And he was talking about how, um, you know, when kids are younger, we want them to fall in line and be obedient and, you know, be at our every beck and call and drop what they're doing when we call them and, and just be 
kind of like little soldiers, but when they get older, you know, we want them to be, to be mavericks and earth shakers and activists and lead movements and change the world that they're living in. And it really put it in a new perspective for me that she kind of already is that. And (laughs) if, if I want my son and your daughter should hang out. <laughs> they should. They really should. They'll I think... change the world together. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's just so nice to talking to another mom who's been through it because there are I still feel like as much as people understand me now, I still feel crazy sometimes. And so um just holding on to those things too and following the right people on social media because that was another thing where if you're not following the right people it makes everything worse so making sure I'm following the right people has been really helpful too that just helps me see that she like what she is now is maybe different than what I expected. You know, you think that you're going to have this mushy little baby that wants to snuggle and just cuddle all day long. And she maybe slept on my chest for like a week. And then after that, she was like, no, thank you. Please give me my space when I'm trying to sleep. (laughs) And, you know, I'm trying to have restorative sleep so I can wake up and, you know, be a maverick, you know, at, at two weeks old. And so, um, I think, that's that's been helpful too is just seeing that these early days if I can already start to reframe my mind then it's not going to be um you know down the road when she's a teenager it's not going to be screaming battles because hopefully I will you know have the right support and tools in place already um to better prepare for that and to be set up for success then because she's showing me so very clearly now who she is and what she is. And so if I can learn that my role as a parent isn't to um, make her be who I want her to be, but obviously give her the space to be who she wants to be and have those tools in place to still help me and my mental health, then, you know, it's, it's just laying that foundation for success in the future. And of course there's, you know, I fully expect there to be, um, struggles and roadblocks and speed bumps ahead, but at least if there's that foundational work, um, you know, this, this can be for good. And it's not just that I have to be sad and mourn where she where I missed that time in that first year, but I can be thankful for it. And Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, I think that's, it's been helpful to reframe that too. Yeah, that's great. That's beautiful. I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) I, there's a lot that, that I wish I knew. And I feel like I could go on about this one forever. I would be thankful for that period of time. I think first and foremost, because in that moment, um, in all of those moments, I was just wishing it to pass. And, um, I, I wish I I knew that, um, everything will be okay. Um, that, you know, I, I, that I would come out the other side of it stronger and that I would be thankful for it. And that, um, you know, we're, we're all healthy. We're all 
happy and that there are resources available for everything. And so, um, you know, there's always the help that you need. And um, it's unfortunate, you know, for me that it took so long, but um, there's help everywhere. And that, um, you know, that I would find the right person at the right time and that, um, that there'd be, I'd find beautiful moments in, in our situation and that, um, yeah, I, I think just that it's, it's all worth it. I think. Is there anything else that you, other than what you've mentioned that you would tell yourself back then if you could? Um, I would just tell myself that you're not crazy. Um, you are right to have these feelings and, um, that it gets better and that in a way you'll miss these moments because you know I look back at them and I remember them filled with just constant tears on both of our parts sometimes and now though I I can look back at it back on those days and you know, the other day I was looking through some old photos and there was one of her as just a sweet little newborn. And I said to my husband, like, I wish I spent longer kissing those cheeks because <laughs> now I'm so thankful for where we are. But I wish that I could talk to myself back then and, you know, just say, breathe and this moment's going to pass and just be with your baby, just hold her while she's crying or while you are. And, um, just know that, you know, this, it's not going to be this way forever. <laughs> you know, she's not going to be going to college screaming all day, every day. So, um, just try to appreciate it. And I think, I think I was told that back then, but it didn't, you know, I, it didn't sit well coming from someone else. So maybe if future mm -hmm. me was the one to say it, maybe I would have um, accepted that, that little tidbit better, but um, yeah. Um, is there anything else that's important that you think moms need to know? Um, I think each, each individual mom is so different and I don't know. I'm only, I have just a daughter, but I, I would anticipate and have been told that, you know, from child to child, things are so different too, but what, what you can handle is different than anyone else. So just because your mom or your sister or your cousin tells you this is normal or this is not normal, or it's just a part of motherhood, it doesn't mean that that's the case for you. And if you feel like you need help, don't stop until you get that help. And I have always said, you know, in regards to counseling, that the worst thing that could happen is you maybe waste your time. Like if you walk through those doors and you talk to them and they tell you, nope, sorry, you're 100% perfect. Well, now you're at least validated in that. But 
I highly doubt that that's going to be the case for most people. I think, um, you know, counseling can be beneficial at so many stages of life. And so, um, you know, if you, if you feel like something isn't right or, um, that things are harder than you expected them to be, um, you know, maybe, maybe you're okay and maybe you can get through that and that's great. But if it's hard and you have this, that, those feelings of, um, inadequacy or helplessness or, um, just that it, it feels bigger than you, then get, get help because there are so many resources. And at the very least, mom groups on Facebook have answers to everything like, and a billion different answers at that because you know, what worked for one mom didn't work for another. And so if you, you know, seek help in those places, you know, you'll get a hundred different moms telling you to see this doctor or read this book or try this method. And you can kind of suss out what is going to work for you and your family and your situation. And I think it's just important to know that you aren't alone. And, um, you know, I felt that I felt alone in so much of it with my daughter being the way that she is, but, um, clearly I'm not alone. (laughs) So you're not alone and you can always find, find that support and that help that, that you need. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Last question here. Why do you think it is important to do and go through hard things? Um, I think, um, I think you come out of the other end stronger, like, you know, kind of like we've been saying, I think, um, you know, if I could, knowing what I know now, if I did it all over, of course, I would choose to do things the same way. But in the moment, I thought, if I could do this all over and just have, you know, a potato baby, like, <laughs> just one of the babies that just that just sits there. That's, that's just what that's just what I need. And um, it's not true, you know, with the gift of hindsight, that's, it's not true. And so I think um, it's important to um, give yourself the space to mourn or grieve or feel the feelings about those hard moments and give the proper weight to that and don't, um, you know, minimize it or diminish it in any way, but also be able to, um, have that perspective that, you're now in a different situation and you're now stronger because of that. And, you know, kind of like, you know, what we've been saying with our kids, um, them being spirited, it's, I've been able to look back at that on that time and have an appreciation for that and for my daughter's personality. And um, I think it's important that it's been able, I've been able to reframe it and see it as something beautiful and um that it wasn't all bad 
you know, you come out the other side stronger, you know, something different, you can now be a resource to someone else as well. And, um, be that support person that you wish you had, you know, if you didn't have that. And so, um, I think it's just, it shapes you as a person and especially as a mom, it can help shape your children. All right, that wraps up our episode with Cassandra. Thank you again for listening. And thanks again to Cassandra just for her willingness to share her story with us. Please share this podcast with someone you know who is a mom, is expecting, or is trying to conceive. It could be really helpful for them to just feel that solidarity. And as we know, there's never enough of it out there, especially for us moms. Until next time, be sure to stop by my website for more resources. That's jennaoverbaugh.com. If you'd like to be interviewed for my Anonymous series, email me at jennaoverbaugh at gmail.com, or you can message me on Instagram. Be sure to follow me on Instagram and sign up for my email newsletter so you can stay super up to date about resources, upcoming episodes, and so much more. Thanks again for tuning in and be sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast and also to review this podcast. It would totally mean the world to me. So I'll see you guys next time. And until then, keep doing all the hard things.